All right. Um, welcome to episode three of the Packed Radio Hour. This we skipped uh, Sunday recording because of a very very good football game, a determining football game in the playoff uh, seating, which was very fun. Everyone was rooting for a tie. We didn't get it, but we were very close. Um, so there were some people in our lives that were anti-tie in some ways. Um, but yes, a very engrossing football game uh, really did take our mind off the ball there. But we're back uh, across country recording this time. Uh, Paul is in Seattle, uh, which is, you know, modern technology is absolutely incredible that we're recording this right now. Um, but anyway, big show ahead. I'll let Paul uh, dive into our first topic here. Well, first, we can't forget, um, we actually have a special guest who we are not permitting to speak, but he is listening in live. So our first live listener to one of our podcasts. Uh, you may say hello, Lucian, and then silence again. Hey, everybody. Yeah, so that's, that's a friend of ours. Big fan of the show. Probably accounts for um, 50% of our listens. Uh, yeah, it's pretty conservative. Yeah. Might be all. <laughs> if not more. Our last episode actually actually got two views. So <laughs> we're doing numbers. Great, great analytics. <laughs> I don't think I was one of them either because I – well, no, I got to – I didn't realize, like, I listened to all of the audio all the way through while I'm editing it. And I'm always like, okay, I've already, like, recorded this and listened right. to it. So I don't want to go do it again. But I think I just have to, like, put it on and play just to get the numbers up. You're going to be, like, one of the farms. I don't know who the second one was. Was that you, Lucian? Or, Arjun, you just listened twice? I, I listened to it once just to hear it. And then, um, like, I listened to it, like, four days afterwards just to clear my mind. And was also just thinking about all the arguments I could have made in my favor. Just the classic, classic kicking yourself after, after a confrontation kind of thing. Yeah, um, after I absolutely annihilated you. You didn't annihilate me, mate. That was that's not how that went down. You, huh. you okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, we're charging five dollars for listeners to tune in live. It's a very exclusive deal. Very. So, uh, you know. Maybe we can uh, we can do a little extra thing where if you pay and listen live, we'll let you just randomly throw a topic on us that we oh shit a dead end. I'm going back. Uh, I'm also walking while we record this, so if you hear any background noise, that's showbiz baby. Paul, how many steps are you gonna get in today? Do you think? Okay, you'll never believe this. So. Obviously, airport day on Monday. Walked like five, six miles just getting around airports and stuff. Oh, I thought you, you were at some like off-brand airport. Was it like a one-terminal thing? Are we talking like the Portland oh. jet over here? Yes, very much like that, even smaller. But I had the three-hour layover in Detroit. And I was just walking around looking for hot dogs. Not There wasn't one on every corner? I thought that was the, that was the promise no. of Detroit. <laughs> not, not in the airport, but – oh, this is also – very important. It's immediate sidetrack. But yeah. I was looking up what a Philly dog was. Mm-hmm. And they wrap it in like fried fish. Yeah. Oh, in Philly? Fried crab. Yeah. 
I don't know about Google. That doesn't sound I like thought, I was talking about the Philly dog, and apparently what I thought the Philly dog was is a Seattle dog, which is like cream cheese and fried onions and peppers or something. No, we don't put cream cheese on everything. I don't know why. I don't know. It's because like the Philly it's because of the cream cheese, obviously. Philadelphia cream cheese. But um, continue, Paul. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that so – look, look this up for me. I'm pretty sure a Philly dog is like a hot dog wrapped in like a fish cake, a fried fish cake with some sort of pickle relish. Philly dog. Well, Philly dog was a straight mixed breed dog. Okay, that's I saw cool. that as well. Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. <laughs> All right. Uh, Philly dog, Food Network, right? This has to be level easy. Okay. Well, this is also the Food Network. So how official can this be? This isn't. No, there's a All Google right. page. I'll find it. This is terrible audio. I was talking about the suburbs dog when I was referring to it, called the Pottstown dog, really. But getting a lot of really shocking things here. <laughs> okay, what is on a Philadelphia-style hot dog? A classic Philadelphia dog is one of the most interesting ones you'll find. It features the brotherly love of an all-beef hot dog with a fish cake inside the bun as well. It is often topped with sweet vinegary slaw and spicy mustard. It looks kind of bomb, but just sounds gross. I don't I like mixing land and sea. What I was talking about there, but surf and turf, a little classic surf and turf. Yeah, um, but like you're getting surf and turf with probably I'm I love hot dogs, one of my favorite things in the world. But you're getting surf and turf with arguably like two of the lowest forms of the respected surf and turf hot dogs like and fish cakes it's a valid take but you know yeah. i don't know working man, working man surf and turf one could say yeah just like philly no yeah that's a good take um yeah so our first our first topic of the day that we have on on tab uh lucian you know we didn't uh, trust him to give us any topics today. Um, plus, he's just getting absolutely bodied by COVID, so he might not even be alive by the end of this recording. Plus, um, he's listening for free. It's honestly kind of like a a little bit of a what? It's like a make a wish. Charity. We showed up to Lucian's hospital room and just was like, yeah, he's, vent- he's on the ventilator. Let's give him one last show. <laughs> And we knew the, the canned laughter that he's providing is actually slowly killing him because he can't breathe while he's doing it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're doing our first segment. This counts this as an Indian segment? I think so. It's the first like, I guess Indian so. thing we've I, talked about. Yeah. Um, and so we are actually another big, big thing for Paul. I'm leading the way on this one. Although I don't know anything about it. You've actually played it and know about it. I just learned about this. But it is Nuclear Gandhi. And so I guess... And I've never played any of the Civilization games. You have, right, Arjun? Before I go, I you want to explain what it's all about? I don't really even know. Basically, it's like a strategy-based game uh, on a computer. It's a computer game. Um Think like Risk or so as a Catan kind of style. Um, you start as a civilization at the beginning. It's like very 
at the, like the early ones were just simple. It was like China, India, America, you get like Brazil or something in the South, England, and then like Russia or something. Uh, it's just, you know, uh, expand and conquer. Uh, you could do it through a variety of ways. It could be very warmongering, but then obviously you draw the ire of other countries and they attack you. You can be very peaceful, but then you obviously are susceptible to the warmongers. Um, you can become like a very scientific thing and advance your technology rapidly. And like everyone has different resources and stuff. It's very strategic based. It's a, it's a lot of, it's very well loved. And I think nerdy communities, um, which I don't personally identify as, but I can see why people might think I am. Um, so yeah, it started out, this was in 1991 was the first game. I had Civ 2 on like one of those old desktop Macintoshes. Oh yeah. Um, and I used to play that when I was a kid. Um, and so Nuclear Gandhi is born out of the game. Um, and Paul, you can you can dive into what Nuclear Gandhi is. He's from Civilization 1. We can't really find anything 100% confirming that it's just random people playing it saying it is. So, mm-hmm. But it's become sort of like an urban legend. Because yeah. of the ramifications of Gandhi just being a nuclear psychopath. But essentially, there is a glitch in the game. If you start out as India, obviously your leader is Gandhi. And his aggression levels are zero, obviously. Or maybe one. I think that lowest one is one. So his aggression starts at one. Mm-hmm is an additional feature of the game where if you start as a country that is not a democracy and you're able to advance and become a democracy automatically decreases so we've had our first official technical difficulty and I, I tried to walk down a hill and my service dropped a whole big thing. I'm walking back up the hill now, which is terrible. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to... We didn't want to have to deal with figuring out where we dropped and splicing it all together. So we're just adding this explanation and then continuing somewhere around where I was. Uh, where I was. I kept talking for a while afterwards, so that's unfortunate, but I'll try to keep going. So basically, to get right back into it, Gandhi would essentially drop into a negative number and the game would glitch and reset his aggression to somewhere, I think it's 252, 256, whatever the maximum backend number the code would let you go to, Gandhi would be set there after India becomes a democracy. And so his aggression is automatically, what, 10 to 15 times higher than the game will even let regular players or regular leaders go because he's bypassed the actual cap and just jumped in above at whatever the arbitrary number that the game creator set to be the max. And so he immediately goes nuclear and becomes like an even bigger conqueror than Genghis Khan, for example. <laughs> And just yeah. starts dropping nukes on every single civilization. And that's so pretty much it, I think. The 
so the urban legend around it is that it's a bug and that, you know, even Harvard teaches about it in terms of integer overflow, which I don't know a lot about, but essentially is what Paul described. However, the developers of the game have never confirmed or denied whether or not that's true or not. But I think that the thinking is now is that basically it's not a bug. And that, like what Paul described, was the prevailing theory. But there is recent thought. It's so funny that this this computer game is like debated amongst people in internet circles about. Oh yeah, and it's just a bug, but it's become like so much more. And all of these people have these extremely like deep philosophical theories about like the most pacifistic leader becoming an absolute like warmongering lunatic. Yeah, which and is then, <laughs> pretty interesting. In the future, it could happen. In the future games, they outright like uh, uh, they, they when they had more advanced technology, uh, like Ghani would immediately develop nukes, and they built that into the game rather than being like a bug. So <laughs> very funny that the the civilization guys are just like, yeah, this is funny. Let's lean into it. Um, Nuclear Gandhi is very popular. There's a lot of funny YouTube videos out there about it. Um, particularly that he's a violent warmonger now. Wow. Um, so, yeah. I mean, personally, I love Gandhi. Uh, you know, good chance we're not recording this, the two of us, if he's not around. But I understand, Paul, that there's people in your life that aren't huge fans of him. Yeah. Um, that is very true. So I'm going to say this at the appropriate time. I'm walking by a school. <laughs> I can uh, I can describe my family's uh, personal history with Gandhi. My uh, grandmother's family, um, kind of uh, not her, but her family members were uh, kind of right wing leaning um, in India. And so they're very much, uh, India should be Hindus only, no Muslims. Uh, Gandhi obviously wanted Hindus and Muslims to share the country. Uh, and they were about, like, you know, like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, how you can connect Kevin Bacon to any celebrity through, va- like, various mismatches? Of course, of course. I'd say we were, like, five degrees of separation from Bushak <laughs> Gandhi because um, he was a Hindu nationalist as well. Um, and so there are distant family members that were arrested as part of that. Um, seven. So uh, a low point in the family's history, but not something that we always talk about over dinner, I would say. That is very dark. I think Ellie would probably, I don't Ellie think she would agree. I don't think. That, what? Ellie wants to hang out with my family members. That Maybe. <laughs> I don't think that um, she would agree with why they were anti-Gandhi, but basically she took a class on his life and beliefs and stuff, and apparently he just, I don't know, was very, very sexist and like degrading to to women, maybe a little bit of a few bad things with people under a certain age happened allegedly allegedly um but so eventually we 
all like got into a car at an airport after or in the middle of the semester when she was taking this class and it was the first time any like of my, me or my siblings swore in front of my mother and the exact curse which I will not say because of the children was <laughs> um like F Gandhi that guy sucks and my mom was like oh my god hell yeah and then she explained why. And what, did your mom agree? Or was she like, you know, two sides to every corner? I think she just ignored it. <laughs> she she heard the curse and none of the context. She just blacked out after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, her yeah. and Ellie and Jack Wirtz can commiserate sometime. Um, they can meet up for drinks or something in New York and just, you know, vent about Gandhi. And then, yeah, uh, it sounds like any Gandhi classes taken at a liberal arts college really do some damage. <laughs> you think you, you think you know a guy, right? You think you know a guy. You think you know the man who's on a lot of rupees that are circulating around our house. Um, but no, turns out that that's a bad person. Apparently, uh, yeah, so could nuke your family. Nuclear Gandhi. Yeah, he, I mean, it sounds like he did. Despite. <laughs> Demeaning the woman. Anyway, that's uh, <laughs> that's my take on nuclear Gandhi. Our opening India segment. Um, we have any other news on the on the southern Asian? Well, peninsula? I was going to give you your props, Paul. If we could talk cricket for a few seconds, um, India and Paul's adopted country, South Africa. Paul has a few adopted countries. You know, he's got. Well, even though, you know, adopted, whether whether we could call it that or not. But basically, he's got a lot of rooting interests out there. He might be a bandwagon country fan, if I can. I don't think so. (laughs) I feel like Germany, I have a legitimate reason. South Africa, I what other country would I choose in cricket, you know? It's okay. We'll let it slide for now. It'll come under more scrutiny. If we we win. But anyway, yeah. Third test. Um, India won the first. South Africa won the second. Both were decently handy. Very. Um, uh, they were good matches, but yeah, yeah, I mean, they were good, but not like down to the wire. <laughs> there was there became a, a point when one team was definitely favored, and that mm-hmm. has happened after day four um, last night for us, I guess. Where South Africa, I think you guys are all out for one ninety eight, right? And we're chasing two. 213 now, 212. No, it's it's much closer than that now. You guys, um, well, no, I'm like from the beginning of the innings. We're at 101, 101 runs for two wickets. Yeah, you guys, and we need about 115 on the last last eight batters, which should be very doable. We'll see what happens. Yeah, pretty Uh unfortunate. Um, the last ball of day four was a wicket that was actually I, I believe it was a successful challenge if I'm not mistaken right I believe so um by Coley yeah and it, there was a whole controversy the whole day about um another review where <laughs> Coley outright is accused so in cricket the reviews are handled by broadcaster and Coley and there was a India got a wicket 
and then Lafleur reviewed it, and it got overturned. And Coley outright accused the broadcaster during the match. He went up to one of the mics. They have mics on the field. <laughs> it's a whole country versus the eleven of us. <laughs> it's just such an oh my god! And Did you? I have not seen that. No. Was it an out or no? It was close. I, just, I don't know. It's hard to. What What do we know better than the technology at that point? <laughs> I'm not what, was the, what was the situation? Like a glance? No, it was a. Stumped. It was. It was an LBW. Um, yeah. It was called out on the field, um, and then basically when they went up to the booth, um, I think it showed that the ball would have gone over the stumps, um, and apparently the umpire on the field said, "I don't agree with that," but they, he had to reverse the decision because that's how it works. Um, yeah. Well, and, they have the trackers, right? Those are pretty right. accurate. I don't really know. No, they're supposed to be insanely accurate. Like uh, I've Hawk- seen a few. I've seen a few where they're just like, okay, that. I don't know how the ball was spinning, but I know that that couldn't have happened. Yeah, but they trust it pretty definitively, just like Hawkeye and tennis. Like they can't yeah. overdo it um, once once it's gone up there. Well, um, what was the recent tournament for tennis that actually didn't allow court on court umpires to make? In and out decision. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, damn, I have no idea. U.S. Open, I think it was the U.S. Open. Are you sure? It, I'm pretty sure, and it was hilarious too because they still allowed um, player challenges, just like they would with uh, regular on-court <laughs> umpires. And check so, the, check it would, again. <laughs> people would challenge it, and they would replay the exact same Hawkeye footage. That's um, and I guess they were using it strategically to get like breaks. That's smart. Um, oh no, it was the U.S. Open. Yeah, nailed that. Jeez, no line judges. Because I was just thinking. Because I remember Novak uh, <laughs> blasted that tennis ball into that woman's throat. <laughs> yeah. In 2020, but I thought they would, you know, keep them around <laughs> and not get rid of them. But I we guess should, not. Um, we should talk some tennis next week. Once we get some more clarity on the Novak situation, for yeah. sure. I, I think that's fascinating. I don't think there's much to talk about right now. Oop, walking by construction. Could anybody have a better name for the Novak's um, inevitable pun that just keeps coming up here with the Novak? I mean, it's just brilliant. I can't Absolutely even... not. Just made the headlines. He literally, he probably became Novak's because he just knew it was good content. That's like the exact opposite of Kenneth Gainwell being just like a middling running back. (laughs) That was so bizarre that you just came up with the Eagles four string running back out of the the blue. He's a running back and his name is Gainwell, which imagine if he was like Derrick Henry and his name was Gainwell. That'd be sick. There's the uh, kicker named Blewett, which is always hysterical. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the, the pick QB's name is Pickett this year, <laughs> which is <laughs> very funny. Uh, yeah. He's going to go high in the draft. Um, I think he's the number one. It's him or uh, QB that pick. Ole Miss guy, Matt Corral. Cor- Coral? Coral, yeah. Is his I, name I've watched Coral? Pickett. I think it's Coral. Corral, maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I've watched both of them play, and I actually think Pickett looks pretty talented. Corral or Coral or whatever it is looks like he's – I could tell you he's going to be a bust already. He was a bust in college. Are you calling that – are you calling your shot now? You're calling yep. – you're, you're putting a bust alert on Matt oh, Corral. Yep. Um, um, if I'm wrong, then 
expose me, but <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, I'm trying to think. Kenny Pickett is his name. Um, I think he was the fake slide kid too, which is electric. Yeah, he is. That's 100%. awesome. Oh, he's only a year younger than us. It's not too scary. I've been uh, recently just looking at people that like. There's guys in the NBA that are were born in 2000, and I don't like that one bit. Getting Jeez, a bit there's probably oh, all the one and yeah. done guys should be like 19. Yeah, stop it. Enough of that. I don't want to hear. Oh, three. I'm, I'm stop it. Please stop. <laughs> I don't want to hear this anymore. Um. Paul, what was uh what was our next topic today? Uh, our next topic, I believe, was Cole Hamels. I don't know anything about this, but I guess you have a good story. Okay, yeah, I do have a a somewhat hilarious story. Um, yeah, we can the audience can be the judge of that. Um, you know, this one I gave out mainly because I knew Lucian would be on the pod today. Uh, Cole Hamels, both a Philadelphia Philly and a Chicago Cub. Um, so just want to throw a good mention there to Lucian. Did he just retire? He did just retire, um, which also cropped the story back into my mind. Yeah, but basically, uh, and also Cole Hamels no hit the Cubs, but you know I don't want to rub that illusion's face or anything. But it was pretty cool. Um, so we were in high school. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh my god! <laughs> we were joking before, but um... what? Yeah. I I don't know if we were. I don't know if we were. <laughs> that was uh <laughs> All right, so Cole Hamels, we have a speaker series in high school. Um it's it's called assembly, but it was uh for 30 minutes in the morning. Usually it would be either reflections, which was like a teacher or a student would talk about like their life or something or we'd have an outside speaker come in or it'd be like for awards. Um and so uh, there's like all the teachers are like kind of a buzz one week. Um, and they're like telling the students like, Oh, like this week's speaker is going to be really great. Um, and so I had gone to the habit of skipping assembly, um, the walk over to the auditorium, you could split off from it and go into the music classroom. And one of my friends at the time was like a DJ. So we just sit in there and listen to me make beats. And it was just a lot better <laughs> than, listening to some doctor drone on and on about like whatever the hell he did. Maybe I should have paid more attention back then. Who knows what could have happened differently. Um, but essentially I get it out of one of the principals that um, what, not one of the principals, one of the assistant teachers, assistant principals that it's Cole Hamels. Um, it goes to the school like wildfire. I'm not going to say I was the guy that started it, but like there was a group of guys that knew that basically found out. And p- places of bars, Cole Hamels was the 2008 World Series MVP, obviously a beloved pitcher on the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, and so, you know, the auditorium is packed. It's like people were telling friends from other schools to show up to see him speak because um, he was about to get traded. Everyone knew he was going to get traded soon. Um, he, he goes up there. And gives possibly the worst speech of all time. Oh, it was um, actually him, though. It was actually him. Yeah, uh, oh, he comes sick. out, gets a standing ovation. People are chanting his name. You know, these are guys going ballistic. Uh, you know, I think he could have been Beatlemania in 2014. Um, and he he goes, he gives possibly the worst speech of all time. I don't 
you know, I would have thought English was his second language, the way he droned over words and stuff. Um, <laughs> he basically just refused to, like, follow any cadence that made any sense. He would just say one sentence really fast and then drop out and start saying things much slower. Um, and he was also just filled with the lamest platitudes. Um, the topper of it all was, you know how you say, like, if you look in the mirror, you got to be happy. You, can you look yourself in the mirror and be, like, proud of the man you were? And he just goes, yeah, every night I look in the mirror and I see a baseball player. And then he didn't say anything else. He just said that. And he also, the, the all-time capper was he said, at the end of the day, it's the end of the day. And that was it. That's how he ended his speech. And we all lost. I mean, we didn't like go crazy or anything. It was like, you know, you're like tepid and awkward applause. It was that. And so. Just stunned. Yeah. So the next week, I'm pissed because that was the worst speech ever. And I decided to go back to bunking uh, assemblies. And <laughs> turns out that the next week is the awards assembly. And, you know, I don't typically win awards. I was a very, oh, like I was a good student, but I wasn't, you know, top of the class or anything. You but skipped I done, assemblies. <laughs> I done, yeah, I done really, yeah, exactly. I done really well on my PSATs though, and that's where the national merit thing came in. And I was a national merit, um, I think finalist. I can't remember now. I was but, too, actually. I yeah, got a scholarship sick. from it. Um, yeah, exactly. I got my scholarship too. Which, um, whatever. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm really worried now. <laughs> Um, so we're, uh, so when you win an award, they tell your parents in advance that, uh, they're going to win and you should be there to see your kid pick up the award. And so my parents are there and I'm not, (laughs) and my name gets called for the award for the PSAT award. I'm a national merit finalist. Uh, there's a photographer and everything. We're going to be in the Hatford magazine and I'm not there. And I distinctly remember the text I got from my mom at 11 o'clock while I was sitting in the music room and she goes, where are you? And I go, Oh, I'm at school. And she goes, are you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> she goes, where are you now? Um, and I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm at assembly. And she goes, no, you're not. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was a very, uh, I didn't get my photo taken. They have, they kept that magazine. They threw out almost all of them. They kept that magazine. Cause it says on the caption, it says like, Left to right, there was three other guys, and then there was not pictured Arjun Dravid. Um, oh God, they love that. Um, but what got, happened when you got home? Got the biggest reaming of my life. I've never gotten reamed out harder. I think, um, <laughs> just unbelievable. You know, your mom like blacked out and didn't say anything to Wonder Ellie's knee jack. But yeah, it's all Cole Hamill's fault. I wouldn't have done it if the prior assembly hadn't been such a stinker. Um, and yeah, that's the story about Cole Hamill's soured my relationship with my parents for a month or so. That's like very bad press for Cole Hamill. I feel like we need to at least try to DM him. And <laughs> maybe, like clip, maybe like clip this audio <laughs> and try to either get like a response from him or have him on, which would be nuts. That would be. That's not going to happen. I don't think we can insult. I could insult him as much as I did. I literally implied that he can't speak English. Um, <laughs> I don't think he wanted to be on now. Well, maybe he has a good defense for it. 
I mean, unless he was looped up on painkillers, and there's no excuse for how he spoke to us that day. Yeah, he was looped up on painkillers, had to get back out there to pitch for your Phillies the next day. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's uh, wow. that's how Cole Hamels <laughs> ruined my life for a little bit of period of time. That's actually the second worst dream I got. There's another. That, that's a story that I don't know if I can ever tell. Really, <laughs> that's a that's a full show. I, I have one of those too. Yeah. We could probably just let it all out on one show. <laughs> just um, the lowest points of our lives. Yeah, for sure. I did also, um, when you just mentioned that... Oh, that guy was Paul, do you have outside. to stop because you're walking by somebody again? No, no. <laughs> I like A car looked like it was pulling out of a parking lot that I was walking by. So I like tried to go to the right around the parking spot that I thought it was leaving so that he could leave and I could just continue walking and neither of us would have had to stop. But it turns out they were just adjusting the car and started pulling right back into the parking spot that I was walking through. And it was really awkward. Well, that's a terrible moment right there. Uh, This is quite the adventurous walk that you were on. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, and I'm not really paying attention because I'm trying to be proactive and listen to what you're saying and stuff. Yeah, but I'm in danger, maybe. <laughs> um, anyway, the thing I was about to say about Ellie's story that you just made me think of when you said, "Oh, it, your parent, your mom blacked out, and my parents just reamed me out," was that we were all the reason we had gotten off of a plane and met and gotten into a car together during the middle of a semester was because we were on the way to my grandmother's funeral. <laughs> so the circumstances were a lot different. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I feel like that was a very important bit of information that I left out. There's a lot of emotion going around. Yeah, tough day for grandmothers, clearly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> I have uh, got nothing more to say here, Paul. No, I don't. I don't really either. This is a quick one. We've been trying to keep them short. Really, um, and to the ADHD generation, they gotta yeah. you gotta keep you gotta keep it short and brief for them. That hasn't really happened, and probably won't happen. I think while I'm on my vacation, we'll be able to make it happen. Just because I'm a busy boy. <laughs> but once I'm back and just sitting at home doing nothing, we'll just let it rip. Yeah. I think uh, that'll be pretty good. So, yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Lucian, happy to have you. Any last words? Uh, any recommendations for next week or anything you want to say to the listeners? I just want everyone to, uh, all the other listeners will, will understand this, but every time I forced a cough was uh, a self-bomb on one or both of you for a comment you had said. Was it really? It was. Yeah. I, know, I noticed the was very conspicuously after I roasted the cups for a second. So I, I mm-hmm. kind of thought so, but I didn't know what the second one was. So uh, you, um, you, and, you two and your national merit scholarships. Oh, yeah. That was, that was pretty awesome of us. Yeah, I think it was like two thousand bucks. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was, Paul was about to say it was two K, but yeah, it's sweet. 
let's not talk anymore about it, right? Yeah, Lu- hey Lucian, your uh, your brother probably got that. <laughs> <laughs> Lucian, if they give out scholarships for raising your hand in the back of class, that'd be huge, dude. You you knock that one out of the park. <laughs> so yeah, Lucian, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, boys. Hey. Happy to have you on whenever you want. We'll probably we'll try to bring you in as a guest one day. Really His get name's to the bottom Luke of now. <laughs> oh, he changed it? Yeah, dude. I had to rejoin as quickly as back. possible. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we should have uh, Lucian on as an actual guest where he's allowed to talk and tell us about himself. Yeah, Lucian, Lucian probably outstrips us on interesting stories here. Um, I, I, do, I do have a quick trivia question for you, too. Okay. Yeah. How many Popeye's spicy chicken sandwiches for Popeye's do you think I ate during this recording? Two. Yeah, I was about to say three. Two. Three. Two is not, not enough that he was going to ask us that question. It was definitely no. three. Two. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Two and a large mac and cheese. Close. Two and a regular size mac and cheese. Very close. Oh. <laughs> you guys oh. eat Popeye's way too much in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> It's a topic for another time. (laughs) I eat it so much because when Lucian says, hey, do you want Popeyes? I'm not going to say no. (laughs) Yeah, but it's just like, Lucian, then it's on you. You got to propose something different, dude. You guys can't live in Brooklyn and just feast on Popeyes. I can do that in suburbia. (laughs) I will say once we were in a lockdown when this happened. Oh, right. I guess you are in a lockdown again. Yeah. So, okay. Forget it. Lucian, how is their spicy chicken sandwich? Has the quality held up? Mm-hmm. Wow. I remember that. One day, Lucian. They, they've been putting more sauce on it, too, which I appreciate. I'm telling you, Lucian, wow. you got to try the Cajun flounder sandwich. Mm, definitely oh. not. Do it. It's, I, I, I can't. To ask Phil. If you ask Phil and he's like, oh, yeah, that's actually like a really good sandwich, will you do it? I'll think about it more seriously. We can have the Philadelphia flounder sandwich, which is apparently just throwing another fried fish on. I was going to say, yeah, what about the... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, the Seattle dog, Don't obviously don't tell the people you're with, but that sounds absolutely hideously disgusting. (laughs) I, I will say, both the Philly dog and the Seattle dog, in the pictures that I saw, looked fantastic mate please think about having cream cheese with your hot dog it's not a it's not a palatable <laughs> <It's> thing <fish. laughs> well so so lucian no the fish is just on the on the philly, philly. One. um mm. the lucian will tell you when i get bagels i usually put lunch meat on them so meat and cream cheese oh my god pretty good you yeah, should try I, don't I mean, knock it until he, you try it he definitely does it and i haven't tried it but i don't support it you're such a creature paul have you seen the fish flying okay. through the market yet in seattle what the fish the, you know they throw the fish around you you're supposed to like oh walk, yeah but, no yeah. i saw that once and i i didn't enjoy it you know you don't like seeing full fish get flung by grown men well no because like if you were to just kind of remove everything ar- from around the counter behind which they're doing it it's really cool but you're standing there with like 200 tourists oh in like a semicircle. When I was a kid, I, I guess we went there at a good time, but it was less than like fifteen other people. So it was like it was like oh, a special show for, just for us. Yeah, that like I can see that seeming like they just do it all the time, but they only do it at like certain times when oh. people are watching. I had no idea. I thought yeah, like I was really bummed by that actually. I, I thought you could just show up and go throw the fish and <laughs> they do it for you. 
I kind of uh, thought the same thing, but I figured you'd have to buy it, which I don't. I don't. What am I going to do with a full fish? Uh, debone it, scale it, feed your family. That's one option, I guess. I could set it free. Um, yeah. In the Detroit River. <laughs> Detroit has a river? Yeah. Detroit's on a river. That's why, fun Detroit fact. Oh, um, no. oh When God. in Don't Stop Believing, when they say born and raised in South Detroit, there is no South Detroit because... I guess central Detroit rests pretty much on the river. And so across the river, which I guess would be South Detroit is just Canada. Oh yeah. It was kind of interesting. There you go. Fun Detroit fact. I got to find more of those. I'll start. I got got a map of that. Yeah. There's no East Philadelphia. It's just Camden. So yeah, (laughs) it's a wholly different state. All right, Paul, this was a pleasure. I understand yep, our producers telling us to cut us off now. So, yeah, unfortunately, um, we have to go. We could continue going forever, but could. it was a pleasure. Let's uh, talk about when we'll release the next episode off the camera for the listeners. Yeah. It'll just come out eventually. We can uh, we can subscribe and then you subscribe yeah. and then you'll know immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, people. Yeah, see you guys next week.